So <clears throat> there's this moment that you find in John chapter uh, 14, verse 17. It's a moment where Jesus is, as usual, spending time with those who are closest to him, the disciples, Peter, James, John, and the others. And I want to read to you what he says to them because I think it's really important. Having spent several years with him, uh, he has been intimating to them in no uncertain terms that he's going to be leaving, but he's not going to leave them alone. And he's going to send them someone. He's going to send them another helper. He's going to send them the Holy Spirit, the advocate. And so in verse 17, it begins with the spirit of truth. Spirit of truth is another name uh, that refers to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. Um, he is fully God, just as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And um, in this passage, um, verse 17, it says, The Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I'm going to say that part again. But you know him. For he lives with you, and he will be in you. Lord, help us. What a great moment. To be as close to Jesus as they were, they never wanted him to leave. You ever have someone who's just that close to you, and you never want them to leave? I mean, just, I'm missing Marianne right now. But you, they never wanted Jesus to leave. And when he said to them, I'm going away, uh, they were not excited about that. That was not good news to them. But he actually said, it's better for me to go. Um, I've been with you, flesh and blood. Jesus, in human form, was in one place at a time. And <clears throat> he's saying, but I'm going to send you another helper. The Holy Spirit. He will actually bring back to your memory everything I've taught you. He's the Spirit of truth. And not only will He be with you, He will actually be in you. That's the encouraging part. This morning, as I was thinking about being here, I was like, Lord, what are you saying to us as a family this morning? And I, I think the one thing He was saying is, I'm not only with you, I'm in you. And so be encouraged this morning that God, by His Spirit, is with you. Isn't that good news? God's with you. Even as you're sitting in this room, when you were traveling here, however you arrived, he's with you. When you leave from this place, even though we're not in this high school auditorium, when you leave, he will still be with you. And he will not only be with you, but he will also be in you. And so when you read that verse and it says, the world neither sees him, <clears throat> one of the things that we get to talk about the gifts of the Spirit is the gifts of the Holy Spirit manifests his presence, that the gifts are that which indicate he's present by the very fact that you see these gifts in operation because he is manifested whenever there's a gift. We'll talk a little more about that. So this is really great. And then there's another moment in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and this is the actual moment where he is ascending. We know he died. Amen. Aren't you glad he died? I'm so glad that Jesus died for me, for all of us, right? But he's no longer suspended on the cross. And he was in the tomb, but he conquered death. He demonstrated on the cross. Uh, he defeated sin, the power of sin. By his resurrection, he defeated the power of death. And so I love the fact that he 
uh, took what I call the X and O's, the greatest strategy, what I call an X. Because if Jesus took the X, I, I work with coaches, athletes, and athletic career. And so I try to use language that communicates God's truth in a way that makes sense in their context. I see in the Bible people who reason from the culture. In other words, they look at what's going on in the culture, they look at what's familiar to you, and then they take that and help you understand the biblical truth of God's heart. Isn't that great? So since coaches I work with love X's and O's, I mean, they're constantly on the board, diagramming X's and O's, and X's and O's is all about a game plan and a strategy. And so I say to them, coaches, and, and I, I thank God for the insight to say this to them, the greatest X and O strategy is not the one on your chalkboard. The greatest X and O strategy is the one that came from heaven, that God himself executed in all humanity. It is the greatest X and O strategy ever. God took the X and he tilted it up on one edge and hung himself on it. That's the cross. And then the empty tomb, that big O, three days later he got up. That is the greatest, the greatest. Come on, somebody, get excited. The greatest X and O strategy. I know X's and O's are hugs and kisses with the cards, and it's, it's offense and defense with the athletes. But from heaven, God said, let me play out my X and O strategy. Dealt with sin and death, and it's amazing. There's no greater X and O strategy, so use that. That's free. You can have it. <clears throat> but it doesn't end. He won the game, if you will, for all our lives. But now he's ascended. And he's seated on the throne. And this passage in Acts 1-8 is where we have this moment where he is not dying, not resurrecting, but ascending. And that's so important because I'm convinced that we live out our lives based on our view of God. If you see him only on the cross, you're limited in your view of him. If you see him only risen from the tomb, you're still limited. When we see him seated on the throne, the seat of all government, all authority, all power, it's not just power and authority. God himself governs and rules in the throne room of heaven. And when you see him, those who live from the throne room, those who live from a view of him seated on the throne, Isaiah saw, I saw him high and exalted seated on the throne. Ezekiel, there are so many men and women in the Bible who speak of a reference of God of his his governmental leadership on the throne. And when you're living from the throne, you're receiving from God that which empowers and enables you to live the life he wants you to live here. Amen. I'm excited about that. Lord, let me see you on the throne, not just on the cross, because you're not on the cross anymore. But what you accomplished on the cross is still working in my life today. Amen? So here's what Jesus says as he's about to ascend. He says, after... The Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. I love that. Anybody want power? He says, after the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. So he was saying, it's important for me to leave in order that the Holy Spirit may come and not only be on you, but be in you and live through you so that there can be a demonstration of my power in you and through you. 
that when the Holy Spirit comes, the third person of the Godhead, Trinity, when the Holy Spirit comes, there is a dimension of his presence and power that results in the world being impacted by virtue of him dwelling on the inside of us so that those who encounter us encounter him simultaneously. So when you're walking and talking and living your life, it's not just that people are engaging with you. They're experiencing God himself dwelling on the inside by his Holy Spirit with the gifts that he brings to you that when manifesting his presence, produce change in the lives of people around you. And there are wonderful ways to speak to people, kind words and encouraging words that help them, and those are naturally good things. What I'm speaking about is supernatural results that come as a result of God being in you. Is that good? So this is how we live, and so we want to be those who are filled continually with his power. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22 List them. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and it goes on, gentleness, all those things, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit really speaks to the character, the character of God. And that's something that develops, just like natural fruit, over a long period of time. As you, as you increase in the fruit, you're increasing in maturity. Okay? The gifts of the Spirit are not the fruit. They're distinct. We're going to read in just a moment in 1 Corinthians chapter 12... And I'm going to start in verse 4 instead of verse 1 about the fruit of the, about the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit, the fruit refers to the character of God. The gifts of the Spirit refer to the power of God. And both are essential. Both are essential. It's like a plane. Would you like to fly with one wing? No. I like two wings when I get on the plane. So the fruit of the Spirit and the gift of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit refers to the character of God. The gift of the Spirit refers to the power of God. This one is just lifelong maturation, right? By the way, you can have the gift of the Spirit and not have maturity. And that can be really off-putting because you meet someone who just has this gift in their life and it's amazing. But their maturity has not kept pace with the measure of the gift. Because when the gift comes, it's not based on your maturity. It's just a gift from God. just gives it to you, right? So you need to grow in maturity as you are expressing the gifts. And Paul speaks to this. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to begin in verse 4. And I need to know what time I should stop. Whenever is not good to say to me. <laughs> but I'll begin to read in verse 4. It says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I love this. And then the next chapter, which we won't get into, is Paul speaking about love. And he he really transitions well as he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, because as he gets into 
uh, chapter 13 and chapter 14, he's talking about earnestly desire the gifts, right? And he says, yet I still show you a, a, a way that is altogether greater. And I think what he's speaking to is when you have the gifts in operation without love, the gifts don't have the full effect that God intended. It, it sounds more noisy or clanging, empty, because God's heart is love. And the gifts are an expression of his love for us, his mercy. And the gifts that God gives, he distributes to everybody. So everybody in here who receives the Holy Spirit, receives the Holy Spirit, who is the gift, and then as you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you distributes gifts to each of us. So everyone in here has gifts that God has distributed to you when you receive the Holy Spirit. The gifts listed here that we just read are functional gifts. That's one way of describing them. There are other gifts that are mentioned like in Ephesians 4, which are equipping gifts. That's pastor, teacher, evangelist, apostle, prophet. These are functional gifts that God gives to all his people, right? Some, and, and, and there's more that we could say about that because certain gifts are functional. And then there's an office of a gift, which is the prophet, which is distinct. But we could go and spend a lot of time on that. That's where I would go if we had whenever. <laughs> but it is, it's just amazing. Paul was saying that the purpose of the gifts is for the common good. In other words, that the gifts are given for God's people, that all together what we have received from him is somehow working its way out that we are mutually edified and strengthened. When the gifts are working properly with the love that Paul speaks about, we're all edified. There's a gift in you that edifies all of us. There's a gift in you that edifies all of us. There's a, this, it, it builds us up. It strengthens us because it's the manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good? All right. So notice he said something here. He said there are variety of gifts, but same spirit. Variety of gifts, but same spirit. Diversity of gifts, but same spirit. And we read those gifts. He talked about them. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gifts of healings, miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues. These are all gifts. And, and I've, I don't know any one person, save Jesus, who has all of those gifts that may have been in operation in their life. And most people have at least one. Some have a couple of gifts. And you sometimes they make be right there at the beginning and you notice them, but other times you see them showing up at different times, right? And sometimes they work in combination. I'll share a few stories about that as we go on. But here's the point that I love about power, same spirit, but variety of gifts. Many years ago, um, we were at that time still living in D.C. We've recently moved to College Park, Maryland, University Park, about two years ago. But when we were living in D.C., um, a long time ago, I can't, t anybody remember Isabella, that big hurricane? Yeah, some hands. Isabella was significant. It, it just, it was so significant, I was moved to preach about it. Um, we were living in the dark, but not without power. That was the message I preached. And the power got knocked out. Power lines were down. There were trees in the street. Um, I, you, you couldn't use your phone, cell phone. My wife was, she she had the audacity to be away that weekend when the power went out and left me home with four girls by myself. Do you know what it's like to do hair for four girls? I go to church, people say, Marianne's away, isn't she? Yes. <laughs> I can twist, but I can't braid. I can't do the three. I just, it doesn't work. 
<clears throat> but here's what happened. We had this moment where as we were, as we were um, experiencing this power outage, literally there was long lines of people going to the ATM to get cash because you couldn't use your credit card because systems, everything, power was out. And um, my family and I couldn't stay in our home. Everything in the freezer went bad. It just, it just wasn't good. So we actually went to live with the foolish for a couple of days. But when we were leaving our house, I did something. We had all the switches off, but I said, you know what? How will I know when the power's been restored if everything's turned off? So I went into our, our dining room, and I turned the switch in the on position. It wasn't working, but I just left it in that on position. So a day would go by, and I'd drive by the house. I wouldn't go in. No light was on, so I knew the power wasn't back. Another day go by. I think we probably spent two or three days with him. And then one day... I was coming by the house, and I hadn't even paid attention. I was just kind of, I had to go get something. And I was walking the walkway to my front door. I'm going to elevate my voice, so don't be shocked when it happens. Because I was shocked at that moment. I was walking to the door, and I was about to put the key in, and the light was on in the dining room. Now, as soon as I saw that the light was on, I shouted. I went, Woo! I didn't shout just because the light was on in the dining room. I shouted because I knew power had been restored to the entire house. Oh, you don't, you don't hear what I'm saying right now. You don't, you don't hear what I'm saying. It wasn't about the light being on in the dining room that encouraged me. It was that because I saw the light on in the dining room, I realized that power had been restored to the entire house. So I went from room to room to room to room, flipping switches and watching lights come on. And I realized something that's just obvious. Every device in my house has a power button on it. There was the TV, power button, TV came on. Toaster, I just made toast for the fun of it. Everything, I just, because I, and I knew it was all going to work. I had no question about whether it would work or not because I realized power which I couldn't see which was invisible because it's behind the walls you can't see it with your eyes but the manifestation of the power was seen in the refrigerator was seen in the toaster was seen as the tv and so what I'm trying to say to you is when one gift is in operation in your life it's an indication that all the gifts are in operation because it's not the gifts it's the power of the holy spirit that's present manifesting himself through all the various gifts so healing happens Mm, miracles happen. All of it happens because power is flowing. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and power comes on you, there's a visible demonstration of that power through the gift which manifests he's here. Go ahead and give him praise. So that's how I think of the gifts. Charismata, the gifts are that which the Holy Spirit distributes to each of us as he pleases. But whatever gift is operating in your life, it's for the common good of building everybody up. It's not self-oriented. It's other-oriented. It is to build others up. It's to encourage others. It's to strengthen others. Well, what about me? I get strengthened by the gift in you because then I'm the other when you're expressing the gift. And then those gifts can even touch people beyond the church in the world. Because when the church comes into a moment like this, when the world comes into it, those who are yet to believe, when they come in and they experience the Holy Spirit in your life, they go, I don't even know what this is, but this is real. This is good. So I'm so encouraged by that. Is this helpful? 
I'm not going to delineate each of the gifts. They're there, and Pastor David and others can speak to them, but I'll highlight um, one or two. Um, One is the gifts of healings. Now, the gifts of healings, when the Holy Spirit distributes that gift, the person who is the instrumentation through which the gift flows is not a healer. The gift is really what the Holy Spirit is bringing to the person on whom he's dis- he, he is displaying his mercy and his compassion. The other person is just a delivery person. They're not a healer. And so once that gift is manifested, they continue to go. They don't have any more mail in their hand until the Holy Spirit says, I'm, I have a gift to heal that person. And there are various kinds. The reason why they're gifts of healing is plural because there are all kinds of healings, not just one. So I'll, I'll start here in more recent time. You've seen the pictures of our girls. The two youngest were on the road with mom when they were in a car accident returning from a gymnastics event. And our youngest daughter, Micaiah, was injured in that car accident. She sustained trauma-induced scoliosis, um, curvature of the spine, tears, pain. I got the phone call, got on a plane, flew back home. Uh, Mama took her to see a physician, and they took x-rays, and you could see the curvature of the spine. When I got back, I went to see the same pictures, and he explained what happened uh, or what was happening in her, her body. As a result, her hips and everything were off. So when she was sitting on his table and as he was examining her, he said, you can see that she's no lo- her, all this is off. And so where her feet meet, normally when your feet meet, they touch and the ankles touch. Hers were off by probably three-quarters of an inch, and she was in pain. When I saw that, I remembered a moment 20 years earlier where I was in a meeting and someone preached, and they said, who's ever seen a a miracle or healings or who would like to see one? I said, I'd like to, right? And so there was a gentleman who was playing for the Washington Risk at the time, and he had back problems, and he was sitting there, and I got called down with a few people, and the guy gave us instructions how to pray. And it was just conversational. Lord, we thank you so much for him. We thank you that, ah, I backed up because visibly, as God was healing his back, his legs evened out. Mess me up. <laughs> Some people step forward. I step backward. I'm like, that's not cool. Um, not sure what that is. Uh, that, uh, help me. And I'd seen other things since that time, but I remembered it in the moment. So we went home with Micaiah. I said, Micaiah, sit in the chair. And I called Gabriella and Serena and said, let's pray for Micaiah. And it was conversational. Just said, Lord, we thank you for your love because the gifts are a display of his love. Thank you for your love for Micaiah. And she's in pain right now. She's going to be treated by the physician. But we know that you also are the great physician, and you can touch her even now. While we were speaking, we saw a movement where her legs evened out perfectly. My two daughters did what I had done 20 years earlier. Ah, and they're running through the house. Mommy, mommy, come quick. God just healed Mariah. And, and so then my wife comes out and says, what happened? And we tell her, she said, well, have Mariah sit down. She's been in pants. I didn't know. And Mariah runs track. So sat her down, same condition. Pray for her, same thing happened. So in less than 10 minutes, God healed both daughters. And, and when that happened, when that happened, two things happened. I went back and had a conversation with the uh, physician the following day. And that was an interesting conversation because you say, listen, before you treat her, can you examine her? I said, I don't need to. I did the day before. I said, I know you did. We love God. And we believe that God heals. And we saw something with our eyes, but you need to verify because you're the medical expert. And and he hardly paid me any attention, but he did examine her. Because it was perfectly even, 
He opened his mouth and said, okay, tell me what you just said again. <laughs> Led to a great conversation. He opened up about sort of his streams in him, Buddhist, Christianity. But then he told me about that the first chiropractic office ever opened in America was in Davenport, Idaho. It was called UDO, which stands for Up, Down, Inside, Out. It was started by Christians who believe that God healed first from up, down, inside the person, out. So I got a history lesson. Didn't even know that. Mariah had to track me. Now, Mariah's not the fastest person on her team. Her rule of thumb is don't come in last. So <laughs> if there were seven people, she might be six. If it was eight, she might be seven. She refused to let the last person. A different strategy, I know. But she, that Saturday, she tied for first in a 200, and she won first in a 400. And it's the first time it's ever happened. Also, the only time it ever happened. <laughs> And so her coach said, wait, we've been coaching her for a minute. What happened? And that's where I always get like, okay, how do I speak English and say this? Say, coach, listen, we pray for Mariah. And as we pray, here's what God did. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, she said, pray for everybody else on the team. Right? <laughs> so that happened. But two of the coaches on the team ended up getting drawn closer to God. When they moved to Orlando, they ended up in our church with Pastor Tim and Lachelle Johnson and are there to this day. So the gifts are used in such a way that others, it's not just the act on the person, it's, the, it's what's brought to those who witness it. Um, more recently, um, a friend of mine who pastors a church, he had a torn labrum, uh, which I never knew what a labrum was, but apparently it's what connects the shoulder to the arm. And the tension on it is massive. Uh, such that if, it, if it's a, it can be a career-ending injury for a pro athlete because they can stitch it up and it just usually tears right again. And so uh, my friend who pastors also works out had not been able to lift any weight with his left hand uh, more than five pounds without being in pain. So um, long story short, we were all together in Colorado, and um, when, I, when I saw him wincing in pain to get up, I just... That's when he told me what had happened. Now, I didn't think any more of it, didn't even know what a labrum was. Um, I asked my doctor about it subsequent to that moment, but still in the moment, he said, um, I was just praying one night, and, I've, and this is where now the other gift word of knowledge can work with healing together, so combined gifts. So I was praying one night, and just an impression in my heart, I felt like God said, I'm actually doing something in the way of healing relationships. Isaiah speaks about the government will be on his shoulders. And so governmental leadership and then the arm of government, there's been a tear. And I am healing the relationships between those in governmental leadership and the arm of leadership. And you're going to see it. And as a sign to you that what you're hearing is not just your own voice but mine, I'm healing your friend. So the following morning I was in the weight room and uh, some of the other guys, there were five of us, four of us were there. And when he walked in, there was just this... Um, a conviction of faith. Sometimes when God wants to operate those gifts in your life, you'll sense um, God's compassion for someone. So how many ever feel God's compassion for people? That's, that's usually a significant moment where he's, he's wanting to, you, to be aware of some gift that is an operation to manifest. Sometimes it's a conviction of faith. And this moment was a conviction of faith. So he, was, he came in and he was walking. His back was toward me. And I walked up and gently laid my hand on him and just prayed a simple prayer. And he said, wait, I sense something. Something happened there. So he went and he picked up five pounds, curled it. Then he went 10, 15, dropped that, 20, 25, 30, 
35, one of the other men with us said, be careful, you don't want to hurt yourself again. He's like 35, 45, 50, 75. He got up to 80 pounds, curling, raised his hands, and worshiped God. Now, I shared that testimony in a leader's meeting, and Pastor Tim and Lachelle Johnson heard the testimony and afterwards called and said, I need you to pray for Kara, our daughter, because she has a torn labrum. She can't lift her arm above her head. So we called Kara over the phone and prayed, and Kara started just, she was just excited. said, wow, I lifted my hand. So God healed her over the phone just as we were praying. So these are gifts that God gives his people. They don't have to be weird or strange. Um, they don't have to be, it's not volume. It's, it, because it's not us, it's the Holy Spirit in us, and it's his gifts. So a lot of times you can see different styles or different manner. I've seen a lot growing up that just kind of made me look and kind of go, that's different. Um, I, I, that's just, anybody know what I'm talking about? That's just, and, there, and sometimes it's that way because maybe in its origin it was good, but if you are mimicking or if you are copying something you've seen and the Holy Spirit is not manifesting, it's very strange because it's just the activity without God, which is what Paul, when he cast a demon out of someone, others went and said, in the name of Jesus, who Paul knows, come out. And the demon said, Jesus, we know. Paul, we heard about. Who are you? And they got a beat down. So you can't copy. Either power is present or it's not. It's not the words you say. It's the faith that's in you when you speak. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but power. So it's, got no, it's not how long you pray. It's did you hear God say something and are you responding? And you have to grow in it. Amen? Amen. Encouraged? Yes. Good. Father, I thank you for this great people. I want to pray for um, you here. And Lord, I just thank you for all those who are here in the room this morning. I thank you for your love. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. You said after the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. I thank you that you're present. Your love is here. You're with us and you're in us. And you are our healer. You're our healer. thank you for your love that's just resting on them. I thank you that you abide on them and in them. I thank you that even now, the young man I spoke with in the back, Sean, he just said, I, I just sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit on me here today. And I agreed with him. And I thank you that your spirit is here and your power is here. If there's anybody here who's just impacted in a way by what you've heard and you just desire to have uh, just a greater reality of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your own life, would you raise your hand? Lord, all the hands that are raised, I raise my hand with them. And it says, you will receive power. Not achieve, receive. This isn't something we strive for. We we live in an achieve-oriented culture, and that's not bad. But with respect to coming to God, we never achieve, we only receive. So I thank you for the posture of humility that allows grace to flow to us. And I'm praying for your Holy Spirit that's already been poured out to now fill every man, fill every woman in this place. Fill them to the full. 
and let them be not only filled with the Holy Spirit, let them walk by the Spirit, let them live by the Spirit until they are just governed by the Holy Spirit. More of you, less of us. More of you, less of us. I thank you for filling people. Just receive him right now. Lord, thank you for filling us. Thank you for, just lift your voice and just say, Lord, thank you. Lord, we thank you for filling us. Thank you for filling us. Thank you for your power being present in us. And we thank you for the distribution of your gifts in our lives. Thank you, Lord.